0: Gentlemen, start your engine! Good afternoon, Radio Hotler. For those who don't know, Radio Hotler, thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. uh, um, Diabolical, technical goodies. Radio
1: Hotler. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Ah.
0: You want to be Abigail or Bev? No, yeah, or, be Ab- or Herb. Herb, yeah, I'll be Herb.
2: <laughs> Herb. Do, I get,
0: do I get to look at Ab- Abigail with no top on then? <sighs> look, well, it is number ninety six. That's the box. What? I was number ninety six. The box was with Ken James. That's right. After he upgraded from Skippy. You know, you can get the whole number 96 now as a uh, boxed set of DVDs. But will it be as good as episode 96 of Radio Hotlap? Well, this is the question. That zany podcast that
1: takes a lighthearted look at the world of local international motorsport, cool emerging technologies, and barbecues! Featuring this week's edition of the annual. Well, it can't be this week's edition of its annual. Bathurst barbecue tips from JP. How are
0: you mate? I'm very well thank you Johnny, how are you? Yeah good,
1: good. Good. Very well we better get into it. Lovely today.
0: evening here in um, sunny uh, South Australia. Lots to do, it is a very nice evening Lots here. Lots to do, not a lot of time because International Paulie took up all your time I understand. He did take up all my time and that's you idiot. He's, he's taking it up in the future. We're meant to be telling
1: everyone that it's happening now but now you've ruined the surprise. Even though I recorded it yesterday, we were
0: going to actually make it that it was going to be done tomorrow. But you've ruined it. So do I have to ring up and pretend to be him just so that you can segue into
1: it? Well, well, I w- it was fine. But then okay. he wanted to pretend that you
0: were there while he was in London. Oh, did he? Idiot. Anyway. So was I supposed to be in London or? We'll be crossing. A what are you later? drinking? Hemlock. Hemlock. <laughs> oh, that could help a lot of people out.
1: Quarter. Uh, a quarter. Uh, Quartier. Cortier. Uh, mm. It's a uh, 07 savlong for the Mornington Peninsula, produced mm. by Port oh. Phillip Estate. Port Phillip Estate. I wonder mm. if they've been dredged. <laughs> <laughs> Winemaker Sandro Moselle. <laughs> oh, oh, there <laughs> you go. There you go. And what's it like? It's all right. It's all right. It's cheaper than some of the finer wines, but oh, um,
0: definitely not half the quality.
2: Glad to hear that.
0: What about you? Tazzy? Yeah, Tassie today. James Bogue's Premium Light. I haven't had this one before. I know we've spoken about it, I think. But uh, quite nice. Got a map of Tazzy on the bottle. The JBL, JBPL, eh? Yep, that's it. Getting straight onto it last weekend
1: was the 8th round of the FIA GT Championship in Italy with Alan Simonson. Yes. Looking like he wanted to have a good weekend uh, in the Gigaway Aston Martin. Had absolute crap run the week, a couple of weeks prior. Mm. At uh, Brno in uh, the Czech Republic, um, but it all turned out to be pretty good because in the first unofficial uh, practice, he was on top of the timesheets. So that uh, looked really, really good um, for the weekend. But um, on his third lap of practice, that was good enough for, for, for P one. So uh, you know he was pretty happy with that. But uh, ended up qualifying only fourth. Probably um, the, the, it's a very abrasive surface there, JP. And uh, the tyres tend to get a, little, get a lot of graining coming into them. So they, they peak a little bit earlier. Unfortunately, that was um, what he thought was going to be good enough for pole. Others had the, had the wood on him with the yep. tyre graining. And having probably not had much experience at that track, um, had to settle for fourth. Yet it was the best, uh, best qualifying performance of the year. I think fifth was the best behind that. Um, Alan was in, in charge of doing a start. Made a good start. Conserved the tyres well. Um, and and took the fight to the front three, but uh, the drop-off with the tires was extremely high, and so the performance uh, sort of uh, tended to to go off with it. But he managed to keep his tires in uh, in order better than the, right. than the three in front. Um, Marcel Fassler in the uh, the, the Corvette um, was you know, the next person that was under fire and he, he took him down the back straight, you know, textbook braking manoeuvre yep. Yeah, got round him, um, came in uh, to, to the pit um, in, in third place for the first of his second pit stops but can you believe it, the car didn't fire and they lost 25 seconds while the thing, you know, like they got the crank handle out and got the thing going again. <laughs> oh, no. Philip Petter was in the car and uh, and off they go and he did a, a very good job uh, back in, uh, in, in seventh place but he was stuck behind um, uh, a Sharpen Wendlinger in the Jet Alliance, the remaining Jet Alliance that uh, uh, Aston Martin after the, uh, the, other, the, sec- the sister car had been badly damaged um, for the second time this year in, in qualifying, I think the first time was at Spa um, in the second pit stomp they jumped a couple of cars and uh, were closing the gap to the leaders um, uh, you know, eight laps in a row, a tenth of a second here, a tenth of a second there uh, the number one ca- car of Bartels, the uh, Maserati MC12, yep. uh, had a late puncture after contacts with the Phoenix Corvette. Uh, Alan jumped a place that way, but uh, it was only uh, good enough for fourth, finishing 20 seconds off uh, the off the winner and seven seconds from third. So it was a mm. um, it really was a race they sort of lost in the pits, and we can't uh, really make it uh, say that that was you know anyone's particular fault, just the way it is. Yep. Nigel Stepney, uh the yep. director of race technologies, um, had said, uh, "Look, that was that was we really were going to win this." Uh, spoke to Al and said, uh, mate, uh, you better get, uh, I want to see you on pole mm. before the end of the season. Because, you know, it's just not good enough. He goes,
2: I get pole Zolder
1: Zolda. I said, you better <laughs> do it. Zelda. you yeah. better do it. Anyway, Another so, abrasive service. Yeah, so um, he, they, they picked up five points for the event. They've got 35 championship points, which brings them up probably back to sixth place in the championship. So let's hope oh, nice. that the, the next event at Zolda, which is a track that he, he knows well, um, is that where the last the weather cha- round or in, the second no, last second round? No, second last round and then the final okay. round. He'll be back. This weekend he's in the British GT Championship final um, and then uh, he'll which uh, uh, the championship round up But he does have the ability to take up the runner-up position. Then uh, it'll be Zolder then flying back to Australia for a little bit of a relaxing, relax and relaxing relax and Relaxing, relaxing, R and R and R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and uh, I J C shanties. <laughs> Chris, you'll be able to look them up from V8 Central, V8Central.com/radiohotlap. That tells us all the little links about all the crap we talk about. Um, before we're off to Argentina to uh, uh, San Luis for the final round in the uh, the crater of the volcano. Uh, a beautiful track, apparently, which is being uh, re- re- uh, revamped. I'm hoping to go, but the thing is that it does uh, actually conflict with uh, Classic Adelaide. Oh, so really? unless Classic I can Adelaide. get a stand yeah, in or we gee. just don't put the entry in, which we still yeah. haven't because we're waiting for the last minute to see if the price has dropped. Because $6,600, viewers. Which about, is a lot of money. Uh, that's a lot of money. Just just, uh, just, a, just, just a, for the paperwork, rally. Yeah. let alone doing the rest of it, yeah. uh, uh, on top of the, the $3,000 for Mount Buller. So that's $10,000 in entry fees just you know, within three weeks of each other. Um, that's it. That's it. From me. Uh, Bathurst, I've got some times from today. Ah, oh, good, because I,
0: I saw the early times of uh, Practice 1 and Practice 2. Okay, so uh, let's start off with uh, Jack Elsgood and the V8 units. Of course,
1: Jack on top with brand new engine and uh, the fastest time with a 22 minutes at 36.0533 with uh, Grant Johnson. And uh, Leighton uh, Cranbrook directly behind in a Horden, Horden and Folden, respectively. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, that didn't translate um, particularly well to qualifying late this afternoon. But um, uh, Grant Johnson was the only person to get into the 35s and and take the pole there, um, with with Leighton Cranbrook uh, directly behind Jack in uh, in fifth place, um, about a half a second off the morning time so it's probably down to track but but Jack isn't the greatest of qualifiers yeah. so uh, th- you know that that's all right uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just uh, accept that the way it is um, in uh, Carrera Cup Bryce Washington uh, fifth yeah, in practice yeah. um, the fastest time being uh, taken by uh, by David Russell um, it's interesting to note that the practice times and the qualifying times or the order is exactly the same. And a bit like the second and third race at uh, Phillip Island, I tend to think it could be a bit processional. that The the, the, the cars are so identical now yeah. that um, there's it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of it. And that's been born out there with uh, Russell behind uh, in front of Dean Fiore, Craig Baird, David Wall and, so, uh, and Bryce Washington. So what's and the fifth...
0: gap from fastest to Bryce?
1: Uh, there was... A 15th, you know, 0.3 of a second. Right, yeah. So, so, so And they're only 212s. So yeah. Um in, in the mini challenge, uh, Barg's got polos, so I suppose you would expect, with a a, um, a 231. But I, what well, I brought that up because that's five seconds quicker than the Utah travelling there. Yeah, I was going to say. That's so, huge. Um, nothing really interesting in there to, to, to be looked at other than um, Matt Neal and Boris Sade have yep. uh, both uh, elected to drive that more than likely. Just to give them more familiarisation time yeah, around exactly. uh, around uh, the uh, the circuit, and Matt Neal um, second place. Oh, very
0: good. With
1: uh, Boris Sade in uh, in fifth. Oh, <laughs>
2: well,
1: that's excellent. Uh, going into the uh, Fujitsu uh, Supercar Championship, uh, the p- two uh, practice sessions were headed at the top by Steve Owen, two ten followed by a two oh nine point season. two. But Steve Owen spent a lot of time, you know, driving in the main game last yep. year in the uh, in the Autobahn car. Um, and our good friend uh, mark sakanovic uh, was only able to put in, I think, a a fifth in the in the in the first round there, um, and and dropping down as low as sixteenth in in the second with a yeah a a two thirteen in the morning and then a two twelve in the afternoon as opposed to two thirteen oh three and a two twelve eight a Steve Owen two ten. 2.09.2, yeah. so he's improved by 1.7 seconds there. So, um, Mark's got a new engineer, mm-hmm. so we'll have to wait and see whether mm-hmm. his uh, his engineering skills can be translated into
0: uh, in track position. But that 2.09, I mean, that was if you looked at the uh, the first of or the second of the two uh, morning sessions for the main game V8s, uh, those guys were only doing 2.09s. Uh, fastest lap was uh, was it Tander, I think, and I never saw the afternoon result.
1: Well, uh, just uh, quickly touch on uh, the uh, V8 supercars because there's going to be an awful lot, um, lot to be, lot to be told. The first uh, practice session, which is really much about, you know, the track's green, no one's yeah. really doing any time, so It was headed by Warren Luff with a 210, but I don't think that really makes much, uh, much. Never mind. Um, P2 Tander came up on top with a 209, mm-hmm. and, and P3 was uh, was claimed by uh, CL and, and Windy Cup. Windy, I call it windy. 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 windy Cup. Why can't you call it windy Two point, uh, 207 with a five nine seven five uh, that's yeah. about it with uh, with Jack Perkins crashing across the top of the mountain in the second session and the car quite badly damaged uh, with uh, uh, Nathan pretty had been in the car in the, in the first session and he just said look I just made a mistake and the difference between the my uh, the, uh, Fujitsu Mac car um, just my mistake anyway that's it he's yeah. a big bigger bloke for being able to say that Exactly, and LP
0: will have the uh, the boys from the uh, TAFE College uh, working hard tonight, no doubt.
1: Now, we must mysteriously
0: travel to, loo, loo,
1: to, loo, to London to talk to, to Paul Ryan from uh, the Media Boss of Super League Formula. We must. And we'll be back soon. Well, uh, it's time to talk to our good friend Paul Ryan. In London, it'll be a chilly morning there, no doubt, in Putney, a beautiful afternoon here in Adelaide. Paul, are you there?
2: Uh, g'day, Johnny. Um, What'd you do with J.P.? Did you just fire him?
1: <laughs> well, he had to go off and get a few more beers because he hasn't been coming in these days with a handful of, uh, you know, the what he's meant to be bringing. I'm always cooking the dinner, left holding the baby. I mean, hopeless. He can't even deliver a Macintosh.
2: Very un-Australian. Turn up, turn out to a party without any beer. What's, what's worse? Than that? Well, 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 well. I suppose, I suppose he. Well, he's kind of Australian. I suppose he's got the, he's had got the passport now. But uh, you know, he's not. Uh, he's not born of our land, though, is he?
1: He has no love of the homeland. But what's worse, he comes with lights, light beers.
2: <laughs> oh dear. But at, least, light beer.
1: at least they're not American lights.
2: Well, this is true.
1: Paul, it's good to be able to chat to you today, and uh, finally we've managed to rig up some technology, which we might uh, let the viewers know about later, um, that uh, rather than doing it over the phone, we're doing it over the internet, and um, it's all pretty good, but uh, you've been a hard man to pin down. The uh, inaugural Super League Formula Championship has uh, got underway last weekend, your third race um, in at Zolder, and... Um, How's it all going? What do the fans think, and uh, what's the general uh, consensus?
2: Well, I think overall it's been uh, it's been very positive. We actually had uh, actually had quite a good crowd turn up at Zolder. Um, it was typical Belgian weather, um, very much like English weather, really. Um, absolutely crack. Only more <laughs> beer. <laughs> uh, only more beer. More beer. More chocolate. More mussels. Um, and yes, more rain. More rain. More rain. And more rain. Too very very damp. Uh, very damp races but uh, overall it's been positive yeah you know, it's a very unique format um, you know a, a really interesting kind of qualifying format which is it comes into like a knockout knockout type situation uh, and you've got a race format with the second race a complete reverse grid of the results of the first race so the bloke that wins race one has got to start off the very, very back in race two. And, you know, rather than turning into a demolition derby, which a lot of people expected might might be the case, it's actually been really entertaining.
1: How many uh, cars do you have on the grid now, each representing a team? And, and just give us a quick rundown about the diversification of those teams because from what I've understood, you've, you've been in Brazil helping carry cars at 90 degrees up staircases and into, to, into function rooms they don't exist and then off to China and then back to some part of uh, Asia and Europe again.
2: Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a really interesting kind of development for the championship. It's, uh, the original idea goes back... 5 or 6 years now and the guys that tried to carry it forward uh unfortunately at the time didn't really have the resources to uh, to make it happen um the new management kind of running the championship out of barcelona now are, are equipped with um, both the uh the patients and the and the and the shareholders and the investors kind of behind it to kind of take the thing forward and yeah you know, it involves Basically, it's licensing the brands of the football team. So, for instance, um, you know, to use an Australian football analogy, it would be like the Adelaide Crows. You know, they license their club jumper to to uh, Adidas to go and to go and sell that sell that likeness. Well, the football clubs, the soccer clubs around the world, have licensed their brand, to the Super League Formula to go and sell their image plastered all over a racing car. So. For instance, Liverpool Football Club, you, know, you can't buy a spot on their shirt um, or buy any signage uh, at their at their home ground at, at Anfield either, because the whole thing's the whole thing is sold out. So supply very much um, is way below uh, is way below demand. Um, so you know sponsors have the opportunity to be associ- to be associated with these brands. In an entirely new sport, and that—that's basically kind of the, the premise of, of of what the championship is all about. From a funding perspective, from an entertainment perspective, they've basically taken big, high-powered V12, great-sounding single-seaters. No toys on the cars. No traction control. No launch control. No coffee makers. No—you know—all the—all the bullshit that you know that currently you, you kind of see in, the, in Formula One. Um, very basic cars, very difficult to drive, and um, throw the rule books out, out the window. It's not just the fastest bloke that starts off the front and sails off into the, into the distance. And you kind of, you know, in Australia, you kind of drift off to sleep on a Sunday night and kind of wake up, wake up to see the podium as is, as is normally the case. Um, you're actually seeing racing and people passing each other, and it's just this. Amazing, it's almost like watching a sports car race. You now there's cars actually going past each other. It's a, it's quite a unique, uh, quite a unique occurrence, really.
1: With the teams licensing the uh, football livery, would that, uh, that not make uh, sense that you are going to get some great merchandise opportunities? And I suppose as Apple has done with, uh, with the iPod, um, introducing uh, new non-Apple um, uh, or Macintosh users to the world of Apple, the halo effect as we call it, Do we seeing an interest from traditional soccer fans becoming interested in motorsport?
2: Absolutely, you know, and there's 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 a lot of crossover between between the two. You know, for instance, um, you know, if you if if you use the Australian football analogy, you know, I'm a football fan, I'm also a motor racing fan. In a lot of cases, um, you know, this the same applies to uh, to football or, or soccer over here. So you know, there is already a certain degree of certain degree of crossover, and these soccer fans, you know, they make. Yeah, you know, they make HRT fans look like just casually interested, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 they, the you know, scale that, is just that,
1: somewhat uh, different.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they make Port supporters or Collingwood supporters, you know, look like mothers going to Sunday school meetings. They are just absolutely vehemently passionate about, uh, about their club, um, you know, particularly the Brazilians. They're absolutely crazy. So... You know, they will follow anything to do anything to do with that brand and their, and their colours. They're absolutely all over it. So it's funny, in certain markets like Greece and Brazil and, and, and Turkey, um, in particular, you know, those markets, they are absolutely crazy for it. ratings through the roof, um, constant fan mail is just absolutely berserk.
1: I've always said that a good sex scandal and a brawl at a motorsport event might just get it on the front cover. Do you think that might happen with Super League Formula?
2: Well, all, all up for that, you know. There's um, all news is good news kind of thing. Um, yeah, you know, just trying to work out who would be the best brawler in the uh, best brawler in the pack. I'm not. I'm, I'm not quite sure. We almost had a. Uh, we almost had a bit of a brawl last week. Uh, our championship championship leader Davide Rigon in the uh, in the Beijing car. He kind of braked a little early in the, you know torrential rain, no one could see a thing. I, I don't know whether someone checked up in front of him, but it, poor old Robert Dornbos was kind of m- motoring along, getting ready for Turn 1 kind of thing, and then found a race car kind of sitting going slow wear, going slow wear in front of him. Slow wear? Ran straight into the slow <laughs> wear, slow yeah. Wear. Is that happening in the windows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Um... Yeah, in fact, that's the term of the day, yeah. Well, actually, she, she, she should call this episode the slow wear episode. Um,
1: for those of you who have so just joined us, just taking a leaf out of the book of the major networks, we're talking to Paul Reilly, alien, 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 alias, cut your back, <laughs> International Paulie in London, the media director for Super League Formula, and he's telling us about whether there's going to be a brawl or not, let alone so some anyway, vocabulary look- fixes.
2: So anyway, Dornbosch ran straight into the back of uh, Rigon, tore off the front suspension, Rigon took the rear wing off. You know, from a championship perspective, I thought, oh, happy days, this will be good, you know, even up, even up the championship quite a bit, uh, which it did. Um, Rigon actually bounced back in the second race and that absolutely wiped the floor with him. It, it, You know, the really interesting thing, there's some, there's some guys that have really kind of come out of nowhere um and have been really impressive and there's other guys that have kind of stepped stepped into the championship um you know names we won't name who who we expected to actually be uh, you know probably s- some real front runners and they haven't quite cut it you know we got there's this kid or the, the these two kids there's this one kid called Craig Dolby who's driving the Andalac car which is a club out of Brussels and he's ex ex Formula Renault, he won the Belgian Formula Renault championship a couple of years ago. As a young British kid, um, had basically his career had really come to a bit of a standstill, and he was kind of going nowhere, you know, no cash, no ride. And he stepped into this thing, and they had a lot of trouble at the first race at Donington. But then he turns up at turns up at race two, at the Nurburgring, finishes second in the first race. Starts off the very back in the reverse grid race, drives through the entire field, finishes second again. Um, then turns up at the home race at Zolder, qualifies uh, qualifies second, finishes second in the first race. Unfortunately, the car broke in, in race three. But he's now fourth in the championship and, and being an absolute star. There's this other kid called Max Whistle. is it a young German lad, uh, also out of Formula BMW, Formula Renault. No one had heard. No one had heard of him. You know, when we, you know, when we found out he was going to be driving the FC Basel car, which is one of the one of the Swiss clubs, um, and he's been the model of consistency. He's been kind of right up there with every race. He's sitting fourth or fifth in the championship, and just keeps kind of pulling off these kind of giant killer results. Um, no spins, no drama, no no headaches. Totally consistent, um, and it's going to be really interesting. And, and obviously, also kind of the, the championship leader David O'Regon, He's one of these guys that climbed up the single-seater ladder, his his career kind of ran out of basically kind of ran out of cash. You know, he didn't have the money to be to go and do GP two or, or, or anything like that. But he certainly got the ability, and he's kind of leading the championship. He's the only guy who won won two races. And it will be really interesting if some of these guys actually kind of come out of the championship, and it'll be really kind of vindicated if, if this is the case because it's. Yeah, they're very powerful cars, 750 horsepower. No traction control. You do need a lot of ability to drive them. So, um, as much as we would hate to lose some of these, some of these guys, it would be really good for the championship if um, Rigon or Dolby or, or or Max gets gets picked up by GP2 or um, you know graduates higher up higher up the food chain. Um, and, and really kind of makes a name for himself and, you know, to really kind of get their start from this championship.
1: That's good to hear, Paul, because I think there could have been a perception there that another single-seater category, despite the fact that the cars are all even, is just another refugee uh, refugee area for plonkers. But, I mean, you, you do have uh, Nelson Philippe and, and Robert Dornboss uh, who's uh, out of F1, and Nelson, as we mentioned in an earlier show, had uh, had taken victory with his long hair there at, uh, at Indy on the Gold Coast. Um, you managed to, to get... Uh, David, well, actually, we David David's the, name, right? Is that how you say it?
2: Yeah, well, yeah. We actually we lost Nelson already. He's uh, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> for hecka. He's gone. Uh, no, well, he's gone. He's gone and got signed up by uh, ART for the GP2 Asia Series. So, uh, yeah, he's off to um, he's off to uh, Japan this weekend to start to start his campaign in that. So we only had him for a couple of races, but his replacement. This guy called Paul Meyer uh, in the Borussia Dortmund car. And everyone went, who? Um, so this kid comes out of comes out of nowhere, uh, another another Formula Renault driver, and um, sticks it on pole in his debut race. Finishes on the podium in his uh, in his first race, and everyone was just like in an absolute state of shock. You know, where are these kids coming from? But like, no one's told them that this is supposed to be difficult, um, and they. They, they come in and are absolute absolutely shining. It's, uh, it's been very, very impressive.
1: That is good news indeed. But uh, of course, as you well know, the FIA in their uh, expertise have uh, said that there is a cheaper route to go to Formula 1 and that's new uh, Formula 2, which is being uh, reincarnated. And um, uh, our friend Jonathan Palmer has the contract to provide that. Well, what do you see that as, Paul? Well, does that mean that Super League Formula will be yet another stepping stone category onto the bigger scene?
2: Well, you've got uh, you've got GP2, you've got uh, Formula Master, which is going to turn, which runs on the World Touring Car uh, Championship program, which are Honda powered uh, Honda powered single seater. Apparently, that is going to turn into GP3 and run on the uh, run on the F1 program. You've got World Series by Renault, which is is its own self encased. Championship. Uh, you've got Formula Two, which is JP's thing, which is which he's starting up. Which um, uh, my mate Jack Clark, uh, Debra son, is kind of eyeing off, kind of getting into that championship n- next year. Um, so, and you've got obviously you've got A1 Grand Prix as well. So, you know, there, there's certainly lots of opportunities in high power and high horsepower kind of single uh, single seater racing kind of throughout Europe and you know, it does become challenging, I suppose, a little bit to kind of work out who, uh, the the difficult thing from a Formula 1 team perspective in kind of spotting this talent is kind of working out who's got the budget, who's in the good team, who's got the right engineers, because you know, a guy like uh, Davide Rigon, who I think is just immensely talented, and just hasn't had, just hasn't been in the right team at the right moment with the right budget. He was you in know, GP2, he, he, wasn't he? No, he was in the, the... Oh, yeah, well, there's another series, the European Formula 3000 series. Um, so, you know, he hasn't had the opportunity to do GP2 because, you know, GP2 in a lot of cases, because it's so expensive, has become, uh, you know, you could call it the Hertz or Avis Championship because it's a, <laughs> it, it's a bloody rental... It's, it's a rental car deal, you know. Who's got the budget... Who's got the money? Um, come along, and you get, and you get to drive. Um, you know, uh, no money, no honey. Really, you know, you, you just don't get an opportunity. You, you don't get, you don't get a look in. It's, it's one of the challenging things about motor racing is that you can have all the talent in the world, but unless you've got, unless you've got the budget to get to go and do it, you just don't get, don't get the opportunities. Unlike, you know football or uh, you know any other sports where you can kind of get by on pure ability um in this game unfortunately it doesn't happen that way
1: Mate, uh, you've got a weekend off uh, this weekend to let you see bathurst um, or, or british G- british gt if you choose to to go out there and do that before you're off to Estoril. um i'm not mate, that keen uh, <laughs> <laughs> good mate I'll <laughs>
2: I've done eight. I've done eight weekends out of the last nine um, on the road, so I think I'm actually kind of looking forward to this one. I feel, I feel like I've been on the NASCAR circuit. Uh, I think this weekend I'm going to be spending the weekend at home.
1: Yeah, that's a good idea, mate. Uh, just say halfway through the first season, um, the, the evolution of the of the the championship in a, in a, on a white paper is such that by the end of the fifth year you'll be doing 17 races in a season, including four outside of Europe. Next year you move to nine domestic, or rather. A, a European were included in the uh you know the the, the the English sort of market and one outside of Europe um is everything on track for that so far
2: well there's a big there's a big possibility we could actually end up going to uh going to Brazil next year the Brazilians are absolutely mad for it um so yes it's very much on track obviously you know we've still got uh, still got a lot of uh, this year's series to still knock on the head and kind of get complete and finish and uh Get everything uh, done and dusted, but uh, you know, so far so good. It's been it's been very positive. Um, great crowd turn up at turn up at the last race uh, at Zolder, and you know, indications are we head to Estoril in in Portugal, and the Portuguese are um, are pretty are pretty crazy for it. You know, they don't have a Formula One race anymore, um, so I, you know, I, th- I think it's um, I think it's a place. Uh, you know, the, the the best part of this championship is is really. And what we're going to be clever with is kind of picking our market. You know, it, while going to the Nürburgring was great, it was a, it's a long way from the Borussia Dortmund club. We also had the football club playing a game on the, on the same day, which, you know, unfortunate set of scheduling because in a lot of cases, you know, the football matches aren't scheduled until, you know, the actual day that they're playing is not scheduled until kind of a couple of weeks before the game um, actually happens. And obviously you can't set a moderation calendar like that. Um, so, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how, how things develop in, in the second half of the year. But overall, the first signs have been very positive. And everyone who has seen the championship so far has been just immensely impressed with the cars and, and the race format. So, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a very good start.
1: Well, Paul, your uh, ratio to football to motorsport words has now been exceeded. So we are going to have to move on to Bathurst. Wishing you all the best with the rest of the championship. Will you be watching it on TV this weekend? Do you get it over there? And what do you reckon? Who's gonna win it, mate?
2: It's a very big question.
1: It is every year.
2: It is, is, is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to actually kind of catch up with a lot of with a lot of the action uh, this year. You know, I would probably who do I reckon is gonna win? I've really got no idea. Who would I like to see win? Yeah, you know, obviously I'm a forward band at heart kind of thing, so, you know, the last thing I want to go and want to do, you know, with all due respect to Scafie and Tander and co., you know, the last thing I want to do is see those blokes kind of bounce back up, um, not wanting to wish them any uh, ill wind or anything like that. But, you know, I think I'm very impressed with... Uh, I've been very impressed with Frosty. Um, yes. You know, he's he's really kind of stepped up. And it's, it's been interesting to see from afar these kids like... Uh, Win bottom and win cup, kind of develop. Uh, you know, the, the championships changed so much since you know I've been out of the country now for seven years. And you know, I looked through the I looked through the list of names um, the other day, and there was you know there was only about seven or eight guys left that were running back in the day. Back in the day when I was running around with the circus, um, so it's it's difficult to know kind of who's. Yeah actually you know who I'd like to see win? As, 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 much, as, um, as much as uh I'd prefer to see a, a Holden win, I'd like to see Glenn Seaton get up.
1: Yeah, well that's a fair comment. He, he really has uh, been the bloke who's missed out, hasn't he? So uh,
2: Absolutely. He's
1: been the unlucky. Guy Absolutely. There. If
2: there's a bloke if there's a if there's a bloke that deserves one, it's Seto. So yeah, you know, would be would be a big shock, would be highly unfancy, would be have to be one of those weird races with lots of safety cars and crashes, and, you know, because I don't think they've probably got the uh, you know, the outright speed. It's difficult when you're not in the car all year, although I think he does a lot of their, their uh, three-seater program and, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, obviously that's not the same as kind of racing these things every week, but yeah, that would be uh, sentimentally, that's who I'd kind of li- like to see. I think... F- you know, obviously the, the favourites is it's the usual uh, the usual suspects, isn't it? You know, it's uh, Lounsey and Wincap. It's
1: I think that would have to richer. be probably the most consistent combination, uh, having you know one three out of four. Well, in they're Euros very they're the very strong.
2: Yeah, they're very strong around there. Um, richer and Frosty, Scafe and Tander. Um, don't know. Maybe it'll be somebody kind of uh, you know maybe some, like the one of the the D J R cars or something like that may may bounce out um, hey what's the, what's the latest on the uh, the rumour and scattle but where's, um, where's Courtney going to end up next year I haven't
1: heard anything I don't read magazines
2: oh, come, on. come on you've got your ear no, 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 you, 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 you've, got, you've got the editor at large of auto action on, 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 on speed dial on, your, uh, <laughs> I on must, your iPhone
1: I must tell you rang yesterday to say Johnny I'm ready to make the change, and uh, he's he's coming across from the
2: dark side. Oh, is he? Yes. Fantastic. Yes. So uh, he's joined. He's he's gone to the uh, he's gone to the PC heathen conversion store and bought himself a Mac.
1: Well, he hasn't. But uh, JP is actually in the process of quoting it. He said, uh, "No, oh, look, I've had a gut full of this. this. This shit box at home is broken, but I'll uh, I'll be taking my uh, you know I've got my PC." Uh, My laptop with me and I'll be taking to races and I went no you won't you won't be doing that at all you'll be shelving that as well because all you'll be doing is buying a decent MacBook Pro and connecting it into your existing big screen which you have there so that everything's with you much like we would do and uh, he went you know that sounds like a lot of sense to me so there you go editor at large another one another
2: one another another one converted
1: Yes, of course, you wanted a journo discount, much like Hawthorne wanted an edge you, but anyway. <laughs> now, Paulie, let's move on, because uh, time's running away from us, uh, probably a little bit faster on this side of the world than on yours, because it's beer o'clock, and I haven't had one yet. But uh, some uh, we touched on it last week, but I thought it would be worthwhile going over with you, uh, and that's the passing of, of Paul Newman. Paul um, Newman. Such a legend in the, in, in, in motorsport, and uh, also been a great uh, a friend and mentor to one of our closer friends in uh, the American Le Mans Series, Gunner Jeanette and his family.
2: Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly very sad. You know, it was one of those situations where um, we knew it was coming, and while the rest of the world uh, is, is obviously going to remember. Paul for, you know, his, his fantastic movies and The Sting and Cool Hand Luke and, and all that stuff. So those in the motor racing industry that, and it was interesting, it it was reported, but wasn't reported as widely as what um, what I thought it, it it deserved, you know, his, I suppose, you know, it's a guy that had four, three or four really amazing, amazing passions, obviously acting, motor racing. You've then got his, uh, his hole-in-the-wall camps for uh, you know, underprivileged and, and sick kids, which is j- just an amazing program. Um, and then his, uh, his salad dressing, which, you know, every, every cent of profit that he makes from that product and those products around the world. And, and it's now expanding to um, salad dressings and sauces and, you know, Newman's Own, everything. Um, you know, I'm sure there's probably a Newman's own caponiaci sauce or something you can use on the uh, you can use on the grill back there at uh, Radio Hot Lap headquarters. Every cent of it went to charity and went to these hole in the wall camps. And you know, it's just uh, really an amazing human being. And you know, I only met him a, met him a couple of times, and I just think I just yeah you know, just think on a richer person lucky. for
1: for the richer person for the experience. Absolutely,
2: Ex, except, exceptionally lucky, and I will always remember being at Chateau Alarm. There was a big uh, there was a big dinner. Don uh, Don Panos and all his henchmen and um, um, yeah, most of us uh, most of us were kind of outside were outside a kind of a separate little function, and the, you know the parties kind of mingled at the end of the day, and I got cut introduced to Paul, and as he's kind of sneaking out at the end of the night, with a couple of spare bottles of Cooper's Pale Ale tucked under his arm, I said, oh right? yes, this is, this is, this is a, a fire drop, I'm saving these for later, so.
1: <laughs> Good on you. A couple of other movies he, he, did, uh, he did star in were The Towering Inferno, um, and The Hustler, and Exodus in 1960, that was his first. He starred with Robert Redford uh, in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And whilst you go on to mention Paul, that there really hasn't been much mainstream uh, information about it. This week's Time magazine, October 13, there is a whole page dedicated to him, uh, an appreciation as read, written by Robert Redford, and I'm going to read it word for word. Uh, it was just the last paragraph, which is actually uh, actually uh, quite an quite an interesting thing because it was um, it was uh, Paul Newman that got um, uh, Robert Redford interest in racing cars. Quoting, Most, I'll, mostly I'll miss the fun we had. We played a lot of pranks on each other. I used to race cars after he took this rare Porsche I owned for a drive and he began to, he began to get into racing. He had, had incredibly good reflexes and got great at it, but he talked so much about it I got sick of it. So I had a beaten up Porsche shell delivered to his porch for his 50th birthday. He never said anything, but not long after that I found a crate of molten metal delivered to the living room of my rented house. It dented the floor. I had it then turned into a really ugly sculpture and dropped it into his garden. To this day, neither one of us has ever mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go—a little bit uh, married uh, three times, twice. Three. Sorry, just get that wrong because we do get things wrong, mate. Uh, moving on, he'll be sorely missed, and uh, and definitely you you can't forget um, you can't forget on any Sunday, of course. No, um,
2: indeed, no, and and also you, know, you look at him from a uh, you know from a team owner's perspective. You know, not only was he Himself, you know, a very successful racer in his own right, and finished second at Le Mans back in uh, back seventy nine. Um Of course, you know from Champ Car and IndyCar perspective, for, from Newman Haas, you know with race wins from Mario Andretti and championships and Nigel Mansell and Sebastian Bourdais and Cristiano Demario, and you know it's just Michael Andretti. It's just kind of a huge list of uh, huge list of success. Uh, he's going to be very very sorely missed.
1: Moving on to uh, a place not so far down the road from Chateau Alain in uh, Brasselton, Georgia. That lovely little town, that sweet little spot that Kim Basin decided to buy one day because she liked whittling in the area. I don't know why she did. I don't know what she bought it for or what she sold it for, but we had Petit Le Mans. I'm
2: I'm sure she made a profit. I
1: bet she did. Mate, uh, it's interesting because we we're both involved in uh, the American Le Mans Series for a, for a fair bit of time. You more so than myself, and and definitely uh, drove up and down that road an enormous amount of time. Who would have thought, you know, that that uh, four or five years down the track, that the championship would have been so manufacturer-driven with Audi and now Peugeot, and and of course Porsche with the uh, with the factory factory uh, LMP2 cars coming involved.
2: How good is it? It's, well, it's It's obviously exceptionally good. You know, it's uh, it's really leaping ahead and uh, yeah, you know, going ahead in leaps and bounds. And one of the interesting things is is really that the focus that the championship is now taking on the development of um, alternative fuels and you know the the green challenge that they've started. And you know there is now. There is now prizes, uh, prizes available, you know, starting from petite and kind of going forward. And that, and you know, I need to f- find out a little bit more technically. But basically, the farthest you go with the least amount of fuel um, in, in a in a particular race is now is now rewarded. And you know, there are a number of different ways to to achieve that. And that that's the really interesting part. You know, it's not about you know, a specific mandated, you, you must use this technology or use, you know, KERS or use whatever or alternative fuels or solar powered or stick a sail on your car or, you know, basically whatever way you can think of to try to get farther with less uh, is what the, the, uh, the Green Challenge is all about. You know, I think that is kind of really interesting because it drives innovation and, you know, you could see some significant uh, developments come out of the championship come out of that championship eventually kind of find their way on, on onto road cars because it's uh, you know I think it's very commendable and it's got uh, quite a lot of uh, press in the States um, but you know the, the series is certainly kind of going along uh, going along very nicely car counts are up um, unfortunately for uh, a couple of our very good mates David Brabham and Gunnar Jeanette neither of them got to do a lap at uh, Petit Le Mans this year, um, in both cases their their co-drivers had uh, had impacts with concrete um, in basically in their first stint, and uh, neither guy got to got to get in the car. So, uh, and also Johnny Molham and Dario Franchitti, who are also in the in their respective cars, of course. Gunnar Johnny and Stefan Johansson, who stuck the um, Corsa Motorsports new Ginetta uh, Zytek in, and uh, Scott Sharp, who just had an absolute Mayor of a weekend, they crashed the car in in practice on uh, on th- Wednesday or Thursday. Then uh, Scott started the car, started off the back because they missed the night practice, and then uh, then also kind of crashed uh, early in the race. So very disappointing for those guys, but an amazing tale for Alan McNeish because he he also crashed. On the outlap, coming out of the pits, coming round to the coming round to the grid, because yeah, you because know, the cars line up there kind of quite early, about an hour before the start of the race. And He crashed it on the friggin' outlap, can you believe it? So they've had tons and tons and tons of work. He actually starts the race two laps after everybody else, proceeds over the ten-hour thousand-kilometer uh, thousand-kilometer event to unlap himself um, twice and then come with an absolute charging run from behind to actually kind of take the overall victory from Peugeot, who have just been... I'm sure the Peugeot guys have nightmares about Audis because, you know, they were the cars to beat at Le Mans didn't happen. They had won every, every round of the Le Mans series in Europe and were all set to you know, celebrate victory at the final round at, uh, at Silverstone. Have both cars crash out and have Audi steal that championship, um, then be leading Petit Le Mans for an extraordinary amount of time, only for McNeish to come from the clouds, two laps down, and go and steal that win. So uh, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure that the French boys are going, oh sacre bleu, What the f-, you know, What are we going to do to to topple these guys? Uh, so yeah, an amazing, uh, an amazing race and a pretty amazing result.
1: It's uh, as if that wasn't enough for uh, for Nick Manassian uh, to have that uh, that that drama there. That already had a, a drama with, with Sarrazin in the in the uh, the practice session the weekend before. It didn't look like a backflip, but but the car was heavily damaged. So. Um, as previously reported, I think they'll be running very low on spares. What uh, was interesting to see that uh, Helio Castronevas and Ryan Briscoe got up to win the LMP2 class. That was and the reason why that did happen, and it's quite uh, once, uh, quite easy to understand, is that the safety car was actually being uh, driven by uh, undercover agents from the Internal Revenue Service that were trying to get <laughs> on the back of Helio, who decided he just wasn't going to take it on the track and keep going around and around. That uh, means uh, he's, uh, he's come to win LMP2. As
2: he's been now dubbed Helio Castro Nervous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's certainly what's um, five
1: point six million between mates.
2: Oh, it's I tell you what, it's a mess. It is, it is, it is a real mess. And yeah, hopefully he can kind of get it sorted because you know it's not only you know that there. Are, it's a very kind of serious, uh, obviously a very, very serious charge that has been alleged. And obviously everyone is 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 um, innocent until uh, until proven guilty. And not you know, in the eyes of the press, of course. And you know, hopefully things can get sorted out for him because not only is there is there you know possible jail terms for this, you know, he's a Brazilian living in the US on a visa. So if he, you know, if there are kind of criminal charges, he could be um, you know he could lose his visa and lose his right to actually stay in America and live in America and work in America. Um, so you know that's a pretty dramatic kind of situation for you know because he he is a huge huge star. Not from his motor racing, he won the Dancing, Dancing with, with the, the stars. stars TV program, and is a massive personality over that's uh, you know in in that part of the world.
1: And he's twice so, the height of Grant denyer Well, he is now yes, anyway.
2: Yes. Well, I well, only just. But uh,
1: <laughs> well, now that Grant's slightly compressed.
2: Well, yes, I heard about that. How's he going? Just I, pre- I, I pre- haven't pre- heard anything
1: negative, so I imagine that it would all be progressing along in a positive way. Okay. Well, um, and h- w- t- We'll have to wait and see whether he makes the commentary team um, this week at, uh, at Bathurst, but uh, certainly so all, is we, he or wish him all the best. Not ra- no, he wouldn't be yeah, racing. Yeah,
2: he's obviously not racing at
1: Bathurst. No, he wouldn't be racing at Bathurst, um, uh, because Jim Morton, who was uh, running the car uh, for Patrizzi, Um, had already uh, contracted uh, Grant to do that as a co-drive, many drivers were uh, contacting Jim Morton immediately who was saying, look, we're going to be taking our time to make that decision. And and worse than that for for Grant is that he was uh, a a strong leader in the inaugural mini-challenge, which obviously will... um, changes his position there more than likely from the lead by not being able to turn up for the Bathurst round. So that's that's disappointing for him too. I, on a final note about Petit Le Mans, I'd just like to say that our very good friend, again, uh, Gunnar, Jeanette, Gunnar, as we sometimes call him, who you once asked him, said, could you give us a lift to the airport? And he said, why, who else is coming? Um, has turned into a true professional racing car driver. We know this for two specific reasons. One... He's back driving an LMP1 sports car, the uh, Corsa Motorsports Zytec. But most importantly, he's got a website that's out of date with nothing relevant, and he doesn't want to pay for it. He's a true racing car driver.
2: Johnny, be nice. <laughs> it's
1: true, but harsh. <laughs> All right. Anything else international before you take over the show?
2: Um, no, that's about it. Yeah, we need to get. Uh, we need to get. I don't know. You must have sent JP off to the bar or somewhere, or he's you know he's escaped down to the local, or he had taken us for a walk. But we you know, we must get you know let get get the band back together and let's get a full show happening.
1: This is episode ninety six. It's only ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, one hundred. Don't know when you'll be back in the country or whether we'll be able to wait for you. It's it's a bit of a debate. We're just not sure what we're going to do international. But uh, rest assured that when you a are ma- here, we will be having a biggie.
2: A mass debate. <laughs>
1: Paul Ryan in London, thanks for your time and look forward to speaking to you again.
2: Thanks, Hardy. Thank thanks, JP. If you can hear me in the background there somewhere, you down the back down the background of the tabanyaki or something. JP, can you hear
1: me? Can you hear me? Go
0: away. Well, well that was, a... was pretty interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. don't, don't. <laughs> we both went to say the same thing at the same time. The old international, eh? a lot of bullshit that was. <laughs> We don't edit. (laughs) We don't. (laughs) We just cut them in. No, we don't. Cut them in. Cut them in. Now, just to get back to what we were talking about before,
2: before International
0: poorly so rudely interrupted us, we were talking about Bathurst and uh, qualifying and stuff like that. And um, the question everybody's asking, of course, is whether or not anybody can bust Murph's uh, flying lap from uh, 2005. Are they really asking? 2003. Yeah, they are. A lot of people are saying, "Can that record be broken?" Have you spoken to anyone that's actually asked you that? Yeah. Who? Somebody who I know. Lots of people. A few people have actually. Several, it as it happens. Yeah, <laughs> you've just been awkward now, aren't you? <laughs> Viewers, <laughs> oh, he has got not that look on. on his face, that awkward look, that you know. No, I'm going to steal your thunder here. No. So anyway, no, it, it, no but it is. A, it's a very, very interesting concept as to whether it can or can be uh, stolen or not. Um, interestingly. Which some of the viewers may or may not be aware of, when Murph set that record uh, in 2005, the track had just uh, 2003. I keep saying 2005. The the track had just been resurfaced, so uh, they reckon that uh, hot mix actually loses grip over time. So it was probably at the grippiest it was ever going to be that year. Um, there were also some other issues in terms of um what you could and couldn't do to the engines of the cars back then that are sort of locked out now. Um, so he could have been making a bit more power than the guys are making nowadays with cost constraints and all the rest of it. Um, what was the time JP? It was a 206 point something. I can't actually remember. Something. Um, so... They reckon that you know somebody can possibly get down to a low 206 and you know if anybody gets into 205s that'll be, be faster. Well yeah they will be faster but it'll be uh, uh, pushing the proverbial uphill they reckon. but Or downhill. I guess we're going to find that out.
1: Don't so you think that's enough motorsport for the viewers for now? they have had a gut full of motorsport since we started this show. There's been nothing about anything else we will come back to that because I know you do have a bit of interesting stuff that you followed up on last week. Yes for now yep. it <laughs> Okay,
0: well let's ju- let's just do tech time then. I thought you only reserved that bloody intro for barbecues. You fool. Well, <laughs> there's a there's a interesting research today. Uh, t- today. There's an interesting release today. Vodafone and RIM have announced that the BlackBerry Storm will be available to Vodafone customers in Australia and New Zealand. Now this is BlackBerry's um, Smartphone that actually uses touch phone technology a la the iPhone um, And it's apparently got some sort of tech uh, touch interface that enables timing because it's got the world's first clickable touchscreen screen. Um, which supposedly responds a bit more like a physical keyboard and supports single-touch, multi-touch, and gestures, blah, 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 blah. Um, Vodafone's apparently going to uh, support it with 3G mobile broadband, and uh, they reckon that uh, it's a definite... Um, what shall we say? Step in def- the
1: right direction to taking down the iPhone, but not the iPhone itself. True. Um, well, let me tell you, sort of stuff. There's been a bit of problem there with RIM and Vodafone. Is that right? Because last night, there it was, on Engadget.com. Uh, thank you, Chris. That uh, <laughs> the um, mock-ups, as provided by the Vodafone marketing team, in conjunction with RIM, yes, had posted the picture of the uh, new, uh, what is it called again? Blackberry but, Storm. Yep. With the interface of the iPhone oh. uh, directly uh, posted on top of it even to the point that they managed to get it over the top of a little bit of the BlackBerry logo and uh, I like uh-huh. the heading um, of the of the article um, where it said uh, RIM and, and Vodafone to launch new Black yep, Storm BlackBerry Storm. Storm dash art department all about to get fired
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course <laughs> the, uh, the graphics <laughs> were pulled
1: I've got a copy of it yep. the graphics were pulled within a moment so we might so put you a little, just struck it at the right We time. might put a little link there and, yeah. and, and put them up somewhere if we if we can be bothered. I'll oh, we'll send it to Chris. Chris you, you, you can deal with it. We can't bother with
0: that. We can't be bothered with it. Well will send it to you and you can put a linky poot somewhere. As you probably should too. So yes, but yeah, it looks like it's a step in the right direction. It does. It does indeed. Now, I got on, on while we're still on tech. Uh, I got a very in, there's a very interesting article in uh, one of the um, Online uh, computer reseller newsletters. Uh, there's a guy named Ian Yates who writes a lot of this stuff, and I've had issue with Mr. Yates and his often anti-Mac sentiments in the past. Is that as in as in Yates and Yates Security? I don't know. Or Yates, Yates, Yates Garden Seeds. Yates everything. Well, yates, Yates Apple anyway, he definitely yeah. Yates Apple. Oh, he, get, he actually put a, a he's blog the, He's up a he's the Draper the op- and Yates show. He is. In fact, him and Draper go, I reckon, work very well together because he Yates Apple and he he, he Yated the iPhone <laughs> oh, when it first came it. out on. Okay, anyway, what he's actually talking about here is Telstra's uh, claims that we de- de- desperately need a national broadband... Um, Network and it should be made from fiber optic cables. Well, he's basically saying, Well, no one's disputed that, but what he is disputing is recent claims by their CEO that this is the biggest and most complex engineering product project this country has ever seen should be challenged. Because, you know, he's basically saying, Look, contrast that with building the first railroads, contrast that with the Snowy Mountains scheme. Even building the Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Opera House, they were engineering feats with a very high risk of failure, but digging a trench and dropping a roll of fibre optic cable? No, I don't think that's a huge engineering issue. So there you go. Should Telstra be allowed to charge whatever it likes to the users of the shiny new fibre? So there you go, it's not as if they're going to be using all their own money to build the sucker. Done a little bit of googling there while you've been
1: uh, chatting since we have the laptops here and the, yep. the, the massive uh, high-speed network here at Radio ha- Hotlap headquarters. Yes, and uh, I found out that yes, he is uh, related uh, to the, uh, the the market <laughs> gardener seed uh, people, and uh, that means that he's a total country boy that doesn't like Max. That's right.
0: Well, there you go. So. It's interesting that he basically says if this thing's going to generate an extra 200 million per month, as is widely claimed, the return on investment should be easy to calculate. What's the chance of getting sued between now and episode 100? Why should Telstra keep carrying on and whinging and moaning and gnashing of teeth and all that stuff? iPhone firmware
1: 2.2 is in beta testing with Mm -hmm. some of the key developers. And you know what? The number one feature that everyone is asking to have. Added or should I say removed? Removed auto correction of spelling ah, because it's driving everybody nuts. It is because it tells you <laughs> you're getting, I get in so much trouble with <laughs> people <laughs> because it, it sends what I don't really mean ah. and it really corrects things. It goes, No, I don't want a capital hot lap in an email address, I want lowercase. And it, no, no, you do. It's a proper noun. It's not a proper noun. And maybe it is, maybe it's not. Who knows. Right. Anyway, so now it's been uncovered that there is an option to turn off auto correction. And it's a bit odd that they didn't have it in the first place.
0: So it's a newly devised option as part of this new firmware update that's in It wasn't documented. In right. the,
1: but people digging down have found
0: there's a slider which says yep. auto Ooh, correction so turned off. And that's it for me. It's so here. you stand corrected? Auto corrected even. Any there more there tech? Are. Any I more tech? No, no more tech. I've okay, no more so, tech. Uh, so you've got a little bit
1: of interesting stuff to come with the O's and the I Y's. Have with, yes. But
0: I uh, will just wanted to touch on the.
1: Uh, Last weekend's MotoGP, and congratulations to Casey Stoner Absolutely. for winning from uh, from flag to flag uh, yep. there. But not only Casey Stoner will will more than likely be coming up with a runner-up in the in the championship, but also at the same time in another part of the world in Valencia, our two other Australians have uh, been very successful. Yes, Troy Bayliss. Troy Bayliss winning Absolutely. the World Superbike Championship and Andrew Pitt the World Super Sport Championship. Yep. Simultaneously, that both did it exactly the same seven seven years ago. The pair of them. That's amazing, right? Huh? Quite a ama- Well, I don't know if they were on the track at the same time.
0: <laughs> no, you know, simple like simultaneously, you know, simultaneously. Someone
1: sprayed earlier, okay. but
0: <laughs> no, it's very, very. It is very good, results. isn't it? And I believe uh, from what I saw of it very briefly, that the uh, the whole Phillip Island thing went down very well and uh, was very well attended as usual. And the weather was nice. It was just for a change. And the grandstands were full.
1: They were.
0: How about that?
1: That was a naughty one, Mister Cochrane. It was. Well, it probably is not his fault. Omg. Oh, yeah. Who well, knows taking over the marketing down there? There was
0: no way that the V8 supercars could get to the track at the time that they had it booked for without those grandstands already being erected. However, they weren't erected to a stage um, far enough up that they could be populated by the fans a facade so was apparently required. next year the idea will be to get those grant those grandstands will be there next year but they will be there a little bit earlier and they will be finished so that the v8 fans can use them as well as the moto gp fans but the weather can be very ugly down there so i it suggest can. the best option is to uh, come up with a
1: nice facade <laughs> they come across the front there, you know, like with people looking like, you know, just like, like the old, yeah, like the
0: old That's Western. That's what we need to do. And then it, you know, yeah, cool. We'll wheel, like wheel them away and let the real people sit in there when the MotoGP looks. It's like. another
1: Norton 360 advertising
0: space. <laughs> You've really got to think about that Norton 360. <laughs> How low can you go <laughs> underground? About a <an> Dachshund. Um.
1: <laughs> the rust. fraud, the f- Where's the, the rust? We have the The rusty the rust. sausage is here. The and fraud. I'll tell you, viewers, a fraud, a total fraud this dog. Yep, it's been it's two thousand dollars. It's cost me to fix the thing, and suddenly it's jumped out the window this
0: morning and gone hunting for rabbits and things. And there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Well, it's still a bit slow. It's fraud. Not bouncing about quite like it used to. But, but it's she's definitely getting there. Highly fraudulent. Dog. Now getting back to the O's and the E's. I yes, guess we spoke about it last week. What was the question? The question was when when you're looking at Rich O and the other O's Scafee. and Scaifee and Lounsey Dave o. and who actually whether there are more E's or more O's in the V8 supercars year, this year what have you found JP? and I've found that the E's win so the Scafe Lounsey camp wins by the Y's yeah, the y, the Y's have it <laughs> as opposed to the I's Yates <laughs> Yates Sam <laughs> so yeah only by four but they do. Although I did, I must admit, like there were a few grey areas. Yeah, there. who don't fall into like, it? Like, well, see, Junior Johnson is a Steve-O but he's not really a Steve-O because everybody calls him Junior. So he sort of padded out the O's a bit. Yeah, you know, and there's a cup There was a couple other grey areas, but still, nevertheless, you look them down, you write them all out, and you go, no, the e, the the Y's, the ones with the Y on the end, are definitely the winners. I reckon it could do a good comedy sketch. It could. The Y's and the O's. The Y's and the O's. It's been a long time coming, but
1: uh, this week, can you believe it? My 2007 Lehman's yearbook turned up from Lehman's Brothers. Lehman's before. Brother. Lehman's, 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 brother. Lehman's Brothers. They've gone Absolutely. under, but they managed to get the book out to me. <laughs> powered Lemos, by Shell V Diesel.
0: And if it took that long to get here, well, there you go. Diesel definitely is slow. And Rolex. Absolutely. There you go. It
2: is. Well, it looks nice. very nice.
1: Twenty four. Well, yep. it's, uh, it, it goes along with the other books. I only buy books to the events
0: that I've been to. That's um, right. And so, uh, it's is quite it this time next year that you'll get this year's? I'd imagine so. Probably.
1: Mathematically.
0: Mathematically yes. speaking. But I mean, before. now
1: that this is the last production from Lehman
0: Brothers. Yep. Who've gone under. <laughs> under Lehman's. <laughs> oh, dear. I right go on. Go on. What else? What else? What else? Well, we've obviously got to do the barbecue thing, but I think we'll leave that right to the very end. well, we well we're, we're running out of time because you know people well, have been bitching and moaning about long shows. Have they? So who's been bitching and moaning? Anybody we know? Anybody who writes to us regularly? Significant people. Significant people. No. Well, while we're talking about significant people who, who who actually correspond with us, let's go to those overseas viewers who may want to watch Bathurst but don't have access for whatever reason through a TV channel or whatever but they do have the internet through your friends at Telstra (laughs) Big Pond you can now go to www.va.aussysport.tv and there's a subscription service so that you can watch Bathurst on your computer you get a one-month pass for fourteen ninety-five US, or seven pounds fifty if you're in Pommiland. So, like Tristan up at uh, Silverstone, there he can uh, he can log on and uh, pay seven pound fifty and watch Bathurst. And there's all sorts of other stuff. There's retrospective stuff from Phillip Island and uh, some of the Fujitsus and basically all of the rounds. The panel beaters, they they're all on there. Um, what about yeah. if you're so in
1: Australia and you weren't a big pond customer and you didn't want to watch it on TV? Do they offer you the opportunity to buy it as an Australian, or do you have to sign up for life? No, you big have pond. to be
0: overseas. It says this service is a not a
1: financial
0: bank account. This service is not available in Australia. If no. you are in Australia, click here. Now I didn't click there because Which i could not be bothered yeah, by a, buy a big pond account. So, um, but if you're overseas and you want to catch it up, then yeah, V eight dot sport dot TV 100% shot so that just basically then brings us to well when you're sitting and watching the race what can be cooking well I tell you what can be cooking is what is in the oven at this
1: very moment chai P
0: yes ah, I've
1: been doing a little bit of thinking and I thought we need a little bit of a schnacky poo yep I've gone up and I've found at my good friend Joel up the road at the Mexican shop the genuine from New York Buffalo wing sauce. Frank's since 1920 red hot original cayenne pepper sauce. The perfect blend, blend of flavour and heat. Now I'm going to give you a little taste because it is not hot and I
0: can, I'll can i prove that to you by oh, no, oh, well, i have a bit of that. Oh, my God. Did you pour it on? Try up? that, it's not that bad. It's not that hot at all. Mm. It's very cayenne peppery though. Mm. It's not super hot at all. But it's got lots of flavor. Mm. Mind you, you've just had two tablespoons full. Oh. (laughs) At this this very moment, 14,000
1: chicken wings, 700 chili dogs, and a boatload of cucumber in dill is arriving. Would you believe it? (laughs) You're mad. I find it hard to believe. How about twelve. Nicely carved wings. Nicely carved wings?
0: How do you carve a wing? Oh well
1: I cut the bit off and Russ takes the end. Oh God you pick up a Maxwell's smart angle whenever you just You're almost fired, I tell you. Anyway, (laughs) the recipe the recipe for this buffalo chicken wings. They're very, very simple. Look just go up to the supermarket and get yourself one of those flat packs of, of wings. Yep. Um, so that the wing there, there are the two parts, there's the, the drum. Yes. And then there's the flat. Yep. If you cut them off, it's sort of it's like a Z. Yep. the little tiny little bit that the feathers are we cut that off, give it to the dog cat, whatever. Yeah, you don't doesn't want matter. you don't yeah, want to you do, won't do that. Need it. Yep. And cut those two bits and if you get the knife in the right spot, get a sharp knife. Very easy to do. So one wing is effectively two pieces. Yep. So I'm gonna give you the, the recipe here for about thirty six. So this we're talking about like what? Eighteen wings. Like, a for maths. <laughs> All you do, and this is the easy, easy angle. Get and get one of those um, bags uh, from the supermarket that you bring. You brought your shopping hut I in. Mean, chuck some flour in it, not self-raising flour. Some good sea salt like um, uh, organic salt, Murrah, Murray uh, Pink. Murray Pink if you can yep. or some Maldon or something like that. Not regular sacks of stuff. Oh no, no, no. And, and a bit of pepper in there and just and chuck the wings in because they've sort of got this sticky sort of moist don't put them under the water otherwise they'll get too wet and they'll glug up and just shake the the crap out of it and then it'll all stick up now get yourself some of that uh, GLAD um, oven bake paper, rosemary paper, put it down in a hot oven on on a on a nice metal tray and, and place your items in there and cook them for about uh, 50 minutes or an hour. You'll, you'll suss it. Yeah, when about, about, right. ba-
0: ba- ba- about an hour's usually right for chicken. And meat. when it's done, yeah. bring
1: it out and just get a little bit of that sauce and just whoosh,
0: chuck her in. We're, we're just about ready. Just they're, sprinkle they're them all. So we're ready. just sprinkling the sauce over? We're not actually no, we marinate it in it? No, we're not like marinating it. No?
1: We're going to put that into a yep. bowl and we're going to roll that into a bowl. Now, well, I bought this this afternoon from, um, uh, Chris, you're going to be working on this one. Uh, It's up in um, Norwood on the parade. It's the Mexican uh, shop. It's the best supply shop I've seen in Australia for all this Mexican stuff. Um, It cost me $11 for this very large bottle. Um, 680 mils. It's going to last quite a long time. It will. And uh, it it tastes all right. It's not too over the top. Serve it with some fresh uh, celery and blue cheese dressing blue cheese but tonight i've chosen a different option which i think is going to be working just as well an american ranch dressing right and a paul newman's own because of vale paul newman absolutely we thought we'd have a bit of paulie fantastic i mean we had a bit of paulie on the show earlier but we we did yeah that was international paulie this is paul this is this is
0: different stellar paulie absolutely yeah that's
1: it so that's That's my uh, that's my morning schnackyville, o right. to get people going <laughs> and of course the beers won't uh, won't uh, go astray there.
0: Well, it's funny you should say that because my original idea, of course, was that if you were gonna be using the Weber and you got the thing fired up, you could use it for an hour at lunchtime and just let the coals die down a bit and let a little bit of heat keep, uh, get, keep the vents just slightly open uh, for about, till about halfway through the uh, afternoon, till you reckon that the race is probably about an hour from the end and then, uh, and then whack, your, uh, whack your roast in. And uh, you know, well, I was just thinking that uh, we'd probably do a, uh, a regular, uh, like a roast beef wrapped in bacon, um, and some spuds in uh, foil, and uh, some chicken, uh, some um, carrots. I like, I like to do my carrots whole in the Weber. Uh, just get a, a foil, sheet of foil, lay it out, um, grease it very lightly with some butter, um, put your whole carrots in there lay them long ways or alternate backwards and forwards so they don't go in odd shape um, And then when you've got them in there You just basically pour on a little bit of honey and then you've got to have the sesame seeds on top there And then wrap all that up and that goes in there that goes in the Weber as well, but appetizer wise for lunch I found this great thing again with chicken wings, but it's the chicken wing drums so these are the little meaty bits without the the bit on the end and and um, they take about 30 minutes, 35 minutes in the, uh, the Weber and you, you get yourself a whole heap of uh, chicken wings but then you make up your uh, marinade, um, ginger, sugar, soy sauce, lemon juice, uh, a bit of port or sweet sherry and some uh, dash of Tabasco. Uh, the way I like to do those in the Weber is you get one of your uh, foil trays, you lay your wings all in the tray and then you pour the marinade over the top. Let it sit in there for maybe half a day or whatever, um, and then just literally pick the whole thing up, put it straight in the Weber, whack the lid down, leave it in there for about thirty thirty five minutes, and um, you should be absolutely deluxe chicken wings. So. There you go. Now, what about for the viewers that don't have the luxury of a Weber? What do
1: we? You can we, you know, do the like same we, thing we, we, as the, we got the, the boys. You know, remember it's a boys' day. It is and, a boys' day. We're on the telly, and we don't want to have someone slaving over the. No, over
0: no the it. whole idea of this is that you pre-prepare it, and then all you got to do is just throw it in the Weber. So <laughs> that's. that's a, but if you don't have a Weber, if you've got a hooded barbecue, you can do exactly the same thing with very, very similar cooking times because they work in exactly the same manner, you, the, as soon as you pull the hood down you basically cook it in something very similar to a Weber or an oven, same sort of deal, no no difference really there at all. Which really is a good idea
1: uh, to ask a few uh, lovely ladies around because mm. they'll probably be a little bit disinterested with the, uh, the event. Uh, in the middle of the well, day can be getting happy the be out there to do a salad and <laughs> chardonnay and then be out there and keeping it don't be sexist that's right and keeping an eye on what's going on uh, yep. with, with with everybody else and then once you've uh, chomped into that and the race is over you'll be ready to exactly. have a chomp I on the that's ladies. the whole
0: idea is if you've got a hooded barbecue or you've got a Weber as I say an hour out from the end of the race you just throw all your stuff in there then the race finishes you go through all the presentations you go through the round up da 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 go out food's cooked perfect mozzies are here it must Mozzies be Bathurst are time. out it must be Bathurst time now just one last thing viewers yep. since you're all on the all internet savvy if you want to get some good Weber um, tips and whatnot there is actually a Weber site, which is www.weberbbq so just Weberbbq as one word dot com slash recipes online.htm HTM? yep not the L well the Elmar I've fallen off but uh, no no there, no you know, I, I think can it tell where well, that was being think, yeah. yes, so uh, there we
1: go and mate you had one final thing you wanted to say just once again about Lobethal yeah just premise. Lobethal
0: I just wanted to make sure that uh, all the uh, South Australian viewers were aware that it was Lobethal this weekend and the website was a bit flaky and last week but it's all was, but up, it's all up, and, up and, run. and running now Coopers
1: uh, will have a VIP tent up there Glenn Good. Cooper will be there if you're an Adelaide local and you want to come up we'll be there yep. from uh, probably about uh, 11 through till 4 Um, I'm down a couple and
0: and definitely chatting
1: to a few people so we'll have the video on at
0: my place to uh, record the top 10 shootout so we can watch it in the evening and uh, yeah the the Lobethal circuit just fantastic that in fact viewers if you go back to I think it was about episode five point whatever one of the point something episodes that was live from the uh, classic Adelaide two years ago uh, we were driving one morning when we did like a fill-in episode and we were actually driving from the Mount Torrens and Birdwood end of the Lobethall circuit through Charleston and down to Woodside while we did the show and that's actually one leg of that circuit so there you go very good um, yeah.
1: absolutely I suppose it's worth uh, worth mentioning that uh, the, the uh, Mount Buller sprint is coming up it is uh, at the first weekend in November and Melbourne Cup weekend and Shaper, uh, you're coming along for the first I am. time. It's going to be good fun. It should be good and fun. In fact, you know, I actually have a feeling that it'll probably be our hundredth episode there. Well, that wouldn't surprise it, me it in the least. Doing the maths on it. Yep. You know, it, it could well be, and that might just be uh, pretty good because we did one there a couple of years ago with uh, Jeff Swart That's from um, from America and, and, and all sorts of people. Yep. And uh, Jimmy Richards isn't coming, is not he? No, Jimmy spat the dummy. Um, and said, uh, oh, I'm not coming because uh, Tony Longhurst is coming and, and you're letting that him drive that car. Well, you know, like j- I like, j- oh, I don't know, something that he feels that is going to beat the Porsche. And, you know, it, I don't know where the gentleman came about from, but... Oh, do you in. think he's just getting old and cranky? I know, I like, we like Jimmy. He's we all do good, like he's all fine. But, you know, it's just a bit of a marketing blow. but no, not coming. Yeah. but drilling down into that bit of information Massey's what I really out. think is that he is quite a strong ambassador for the Porsche brand uh, he mustn't be uh, able he mustn't go to events where the car can be seen to be anything but uh, on top of absolutely the tree on top. Um, but having said that the top three. Targa West was on TV last last week was uh, with a win by uh, the new R35 Skyline mm. and a very big down the hill for the V8 racer Kerry Wade <laughs> oh, and, yeah, in a Duncan. borrowed Evo. Oh, you saw it?
0: <laughs> no, you told me about it. Oh, I did I? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, there See, you, there go. you go. Well, what do I know? Well, you know what you saw on TV. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Yep. Well, Ninety-seven seven or ninety-six? Enjoy B- we viewers. might be
1: doing a ninety-six point
0: five. I think this weekend could be a wedgie. We could do a, a Lobothor Grand Wedgie. With Glenn Cooper. With Glenn
1: Cooper, yeah.
0: Thanks for listening. See you later. Cheers, viewers.